Oregon's one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Powered by the Portland Gear Store and Guardian Games, this is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. And without further ado, your hosts, Ben and David. I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Easton. And you're listening to the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Welcome back, Dave. It's good to see you. I hope you're having a great new year. Start things off. I'm having a great uh, new year. And by the way, we have some new gear that we have for our podcast. And we have not one mic, but we have more mics. <laughs> more mics. And it, apparently they work. So this is uh, this is groundbreaking stuff. It is. And uh, we got a special host uh, this evening recording with us. Uh, Andrew, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Andrew. Uh, I'm a listener of the show, uh, the podcast, uh, a big fan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big baseball fan in general. I uh, love sports. I'm just, I just want Major League Baseball to come to Portland and, yeah, have all the, the fans in Portland just be uh, celebrate and have a good time. Excellent. We appreciate and, Andrew. Yeah, we appreciate appreciate you, Andrew, yeah, for, for uh, coming me. on. That's awesome. And uh, now to our awesome guest, uh, we got Portland Eastside Baseball here. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, gentlemen. Hey, my name is Eric Bennett, and um, I'm representative of Portland Eastside Baseball. And uh, yeah, we're just really excited about all the opportunities that baseball affords right now for our youth in the city and um, for Major League Baseball to, to come to Portland. So um, we look forward to opportunities to work with uh, RBI and Major League Baseball. I'm Easton, and uh, I played uh, baseball here locally at Clackamas Community College and later on uh, in Oklahoma at St. Gregory's University. Um, I work in Portland Eastside Baseball Club, and uh, we're trying to help inner city baseball here in Portland and maybe uh, shed a light for uh, people in the rest of the nation. So, yep. Well, outstanding. Um, what we wanted to get Portland Eastside Baseball on because we thought it would be great to get a different aspect of youth development, uh, more on the coaching level, instructional level. And uh, these gentlemen reached out to us and they're like, hey, we'd love to get on the show. So, And I invited Andrew to come on and join us as a guest host for not just this episode, but the next episode that we'll be doing with uh, Portland Eastside Baseball on you know, next episode. So um, let's jump right on into it. Um, Eric, you are the executive director of Portland Eastside Baseball. Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about your history in baseball. And let's start off with what's your earliest remembrance of baseball and what got you kind of excited into the game itself? Oh, wow. So, um, my parents always reminded me that my earliest memory was uh, at the age of seven, seven, at a time when Little League Baseball, you had to sign up at eight. Uh, I ran away from home at seven and uh, <laughs> found my way to a Little League Baseball park. And the police brought me home, a little town called Imperial Beach in South San Diego. And um, police brought me home and said, Mr. Bennett, your son's trying to sign up, but he can't sign up. So... Uh, baseball has been in my blood. I, I don't know how it got there. I don't know how, why it's staying, but uh, it's a game that's in my blood, and that's just where, where I'm at with it. So who who did you kind of idolize growing up on a professional level um, as, a, as a baseball player? Uh, well, definitely um, the Padres, growing up in South San Diego and, and, and watching the pods the whole way through. Um, you know, uh, can name them off from from Garvey to McCovey to uh, 
to Gwen, of course, Tony Gwen uh, mm-hmm. is the franchise guy, and, yep. and Tony was just a special guy. Um, I had a, I have a privilege of an opportunity when I was in college, actually. I went to the University of San Diego, and I played baseball there, and, and an opportunity to work at the San Diego School of Baseball on weekends to make a little extra cash. And Tony Gwynn was uh, w- one of the founders of that, so I wow. had an opportunity to see him walking through the through the house there on occasion, <laughs> you know, through the cages and stuff, and all I was doing was catching bullpens, but... Uh, did you get an opportunity to ever speak with Tony himself? Uh, you know, on on a very informal basis, just like walking through, saying hi. You know, I'm, I'm a young college guy, and I'm just this, here's a god enamored clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like ah. Yeah. But uh, I had an opportunity to work with uh, some of the Padres. Benito Santiago. I oh, caught yeah. some time with him yeah. when He's I was amazing. in San Diego. They used to come over to the uh, to the San Diego uh, University of San Diego baseball field and. Um, Benito was there, and he'd catch, and Langston was down there. I actually caught, uh, rest his soul, uh, Eric Shaw. Um, mm. used to work bullpens with him and had some pretty special opportunities there. So, Wow. Yeah, it was some good times. Sounds yeah. like some fun times. I remember yeah, Benito Santiago. He was, he was something. Yeah, I remember yeah. that guy. He was great. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. The stance yeah. when he, when he caught. Yeah. He was kind of the new style of catchers, yeah, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Just that yeah. suave style. Yeah, yeah, that was a different, that was a different style of catching. Yeah. That was a different, that was a different time. You played Division One ball at the uh, University of San Diego? Yeah, at the start. It was an upstart at the time. I played uh, for John Cunningham, who did a great, great job of developing a program in San Diego. Um, uh, and my high school coach, John Baumgarten, uh, who I still connect with on occasion, um, played there. And he, out of high school, he said, Bennett, you got you to go to USD and play for Cunningham. So, so I played for Cunningham. Just... Uh, a special guy developed a program at the time it wasn't d1 uh, we were fresh into the d1 at the time um, but we had some really good ball players area ball players um and it was a growing program it's nothing like it is now i mean obviously now it's yeah. a, it's a contender i mean it's a major contender then the wcc the san diego yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's that's a tough baseball conference yeah, yeah. A very good yeah. baseball conference yeah but played in some beautiful places from yeah. pepperdine pepperdine to, yeah oh man mm-hmm. you know talk yeah. about your talk about your recruitment for college baseball what, what was that experience like for you you know baseball is a funny game it's a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know there's times you just kind of like man I, what is this game doing to me why am i here and then there's other times when you're like man I, i'm in love with this game and I, and I can't i can't shed it from my heart and uh, so uh in going to University of San Diego, I can remember the summer of coming out of high school and thinking, man, I'm going on to, I'm going to try to, I was going to try to walk on is what I was going to try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going into a pretty, pretty uh, contentious environment. And uh, going there, it, was, it, was, it wasn't really recruiting. I mean, it was more like the, my high school coach and his college coach saying that you would fit here. But, you know, as a high school guy, you don't, you don't always hear it. You don't yeah. hear what the adults are telling you. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, but when I got there, Cunningham took Mentor's wing. Uh, he, he made it solid. Uh, freshman year, I sat behind guys like Andy Asaro. I had an opportunity to to meet with a guy that a lot of baseball guys know in John Wathen, who caught for the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all said, you know, you just stick with the game, basically. And so um, I stayed with it, and I had a, had three precious years there. Of course, it's beautiful campus. Right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. San Diego. Yep. Yeah, yeah prime real estate and uh uh i signed in 1984 with the phillies and had two years where um i was back and forth across the country uh started in the gulf coast league and then 
It's actually how I got to Portland the first time. Um, came back across the country and played for Jack Kane over. In, oh yeah, I don't know if Jack's been on the show or not, but Mm-mm, no. But uh, played for Jack, who uh, we just saw the other night. Yeah, at the, yeah. The banquet over in Bend to play for the Bend Suns. Um, that was a uh, that was a special time. Um, and then of course uh, back on the East Coast and in, in various leagues, mm-hmm. uh, South Atlantic League and the. Mm-hmm. Carolina League and stuff like that. So yeah, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about your minor league experience. Uh, talk about you know who'd you who'd you face as a batter in the minor leagues? Well, memories. I, I would say you know the bigger memory is not so much who I faced, but who I called pitches against because I was a catcher. Okay. Um, and so as I look back on it, um, and who I caught, um, yeah. I'm really impressed with what Marvin Freeman is doing right now. He has another youth program going on in the country, but Marvin Freeman pitched in the big leagues for the Phillies. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson, who uh, pitched for the Phils, pitched for uh, the Mariners. If you remember Mike Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, a pretty big, uh, pretty big uh, middle guy, um, closer guy. Um, and then calling pitches, I'd have to say my biggest memory of calling pitches was against uh, Barry Bonds. Um, huh. And uh, calling those pitches and realizing there's really no way to get this guy out. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's pretty much going to hit the ball if the ball's anywhere yeah. in close proximity. In his Got those zone. hands in tight, that left pretty amazing just, stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, the, one no, of the purest this, things I've ever seen in my yeah. life. This was skinny Barry Bonds, not, yeah, very, not yeah. <laughs> half the man he used to be. Barry Bonds. This, was, this yeah. was skinny Barry Bonds. At, sure. Atkins diet, Barry Bonds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 At, Barry yeah. didn't have too little, many McDonald's at that point. Little little uh, Barry Bonds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, other memories, uh, I do remember a collision home plate with a guy named uh, Bobby Bonilla. I don't oh, you probably know that wow. name. So they were both playing at Prince William the ki- at the time. The Killer Bees, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what, so. When you were catching, calling pitches against Bonds, what, what do you remember of... Of calling, where where would you where were you trying to call these pitches? Where was your placement at? It was just looking for some sort of weakness, right through the mm-hmm. whole thing, looking for a location and trying to find a location and realizing, uh, lowing in. It did. I mean, lowing in is danger zone to a lefty, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially from a righty, uh, and especially anything that's bending at all, anything yeah. that's soft. Um, but then uh, even even up, you know, trying to get him up or getting chased right. is too disciplined. Um, that mm-hmm. That's where you can usually get a lefty is, is something high, high enough, yeah. you know, harden up, you know. But exactly. he, 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 he could just stay he off could hit that. anywhere. He'd just lay yeah, off that. Much. He'd just lay off it, right? Yeah. He'd just be selective and, and just yeah. wait for that opportunity to get anything close within mm-hmm. his his zone. And, and there you go. What's, what's the fastest pitch you caught? I would say, well... I would say probably Marvin Freeman at the time. Marvin was th- throwing pretty hard. I'd say he was upper mid to upper nineties, you know, at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I, you know, I mean, we know in the, in the course of baseball right now that the, the hundred pluses are commonplace now. Yeah, it's yeah. commonplace. But at the time, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't right. hugely common. So mm-hmm. throwing peas, as they say, wasn't hugely common. So yeah. So I'm. Did you go, ever go to spring training with the Phillies at all when you were? Oh yeah. What yeah, was yeah. that like? Oh, uh, that's a that well. As for a young guy like me at the time, it's like, okay, you're all of a sudden out of your nest, right? You're flying, you're doing mm-hmm. the game on your own, and, uh, uh, you know, you're showing up at the ballpark to do your job. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all of a sudden a job, and you're, you're there in the mornings and uh, ready to go to work, and you're there the whole day, and you're conditioning hard and stretching hard and working on fundies and just getting it all done uh, in the course of a day. Um I think that's what was it like? I think that's where I woke up and realized, man, this really is a profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is a job. A big shift. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. Did you ever feel at any point that 
it was a little bit overwhelming for you with maybe the added pressure of now I'm beyond the collegiate level. I'm at a professional level. I, I need to perform at a higher level or else I'm, I'm gone. Did you ever feel that? Yeah. You know, it's there, right? You know, mm-hmm. you see it happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd say, you, you know, the pressure's there every day and, and you, and you realize it. I mean, it's, it's the competitive spirit. The next guy's right behind you. He's yeah. going to take your job. I mean, and they're there. A guy named I remember a catcher, another catcher I was working out with pretty heavy at the time, Ray Roman, who played at Cal State Fullerton. And the guy was a beast, mm-hmm. and and he was a grinder. Yeah, and yeah. he 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 made it very clear that he was after your job. We were all hunting for spots mm-hmm. on rosters, so you, you you wake up to it pretty fast. Yeah. Um, uh, the hard part is uh, the hard part was the when you, you know all of a sudden. It's it's done. I mean, it's a it's a quick blink. You know, they don't they don't hang on to it for a long time, and um, they gotta they gotta they gotta turn it over and, and bring new guys in and look for that next guy that's gonna really shine. But um, it, it was a blessing overall. It was just a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, from the time I was young, baseball has been um, in my heart. It still is. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I just can't I can't shake it. So, so compar- I'm not trying to <laughs> comparing yeah. the the Gulf Coast League and then coming out here back out on the west coast to play how would you compare the two as far as experience goes uh golf well it's uh environmental environment wise it's uh it's florida you know it's baseball um coming to the northwest uh, was a new thing for me too coming out of florida coming well san diego to florida to the pacific northwest league 70 games you know short season baseball Mm -hmm. um uh, climate does impact baseball. Yeah, too, it does. Say. It man. really does. Like, it does. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Florida was beautiful. I mean, it's a place you could play. But you know, we all know in the summer months it's not the same way. Uh, it can be a grind, uh, temperature wise. But um, as I recall, Florida was just it was just a beautiful place to play. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a baseball place. You know? Yeah. Um, Southern California, Arizona, all those southern states, those are baseball places for that very reason. It's an adjustment here. But uh, you've seen the Mariners do it uh, tremendously well over the course of time mm-hmm. here. And I, I really believe it can happen here. I, I believe mm-hmm. in, in this city it can happen. Yeah. A beautiful yeah. city for it. city's yeah. ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're ready. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Easton, uh, let's talk a little little bit about, you know, you. Talk a little bit about your, you know, your experience growing up and what your first recollection of baseball is. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to start with my first re- actual recollection, but um, <laughs> so I'll kind of veer off it, but in a good way. Um, so my first basic experience where uh, baseball became something more to me and then I wanted to pursue it high, at a higher level, mm-hmm. and I knew that, was my junior year in high school um, at Central Catholic, I decided to leave the school because I wasn't get, I hadn't gotten to play varsity yet and it I had went and talked to the coach and it looked like I wasn't really going to get to play varsity even as a senior mm-hmm. wow and yeah so uh, basically I said okay well that's not the route I want to pursue I actually do want to play baseball in college and uh, further on to try to you know with education um, 
And so I did that, and I transferred to Madison High School, which, as uh, a lot of people in Portland know, is a great baseball high school. Yeah, it is. And I really grabbed into that community and bought into the community because I had had family that had gone there before. So it was a little bit more to me than just a high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to pursue baseball at a higher level, and I knew that. So my first kind of recollection, I guess, really truly comes in high school. I could tell you about Little League and – all that, but it it really the 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 stepping stone for me in baseball was that high school that, experience that, when that drove me. You said I'm going to put some time in, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to I'm going to do this for a few yeah. more years, and I'm yeah. going to put some time in, and I love it, and just yeah. That was a, yeah. And it wasn't that I was a yeah. bad player at the time; I was putting in the work at the time. It was just I was somehow getting overlooked, and it happens to people yeah. all over the country, all, all yeah. over the state of yeah, Oregon. It, does. it doesn't matter; it happens at every sport at every mm-hmm. level. How did you? And let's just take it. Let's dive into that a little bit. What? I mean, that's pretty smart. I mean, and that's kind of forward thinking and, and taking you know your life into your own hands and, and kind of grabbing it back mm-hmm. and saying, I want to you know I want to move forward. I want to be able to play. What 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 went into that process? Well, I knew a lot of guys who didn't play varsity for like three to at least maybe two years of varsity didn't have a higher shot at playing var- or college baseball. Mm-hmm. So that was my main concern. So my main concern was how am I going to stand out? How am I going to show myself? How am I going to get to be a better athlete mm-hmm. um, to be able to play at college and to be able to go and pursue an education and do something fun while I'm doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of for me, um, you know, uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I turned on a different gear and he definitely, my, my dad right here could tell you for sure that I definitely put into another gear later on in high school, uh, that second half, because now it was something, okay, this is really something I want to invest in. And, mm-hmm. um, Basically, with the Portland Eastside baseball, that's what we're trying to do is give kids a route to college because, um, you know, it's not try, always easy. Try to yeah. minimize the amount yeah. of kids that get overlooked or don't have yeah. those opportunities yeah. or have access. Yeah, yeah. and, the, you know, and, and the outcome is and, and the result is I as an athlete, I was a little bit overlooked. But if you look at how I did in college, then, you know, you wouldn't think this kid only played one year of high school baseball and, mm-hmm. you know just didn't do anything that's that's so uh, right. you know in, in the future we we plan to help kids out and you know get them to at least see the opportunity that's there in the baseball world having having baseball. played baseball there there is a there has been a traditional part of it that they they establish oh well, this is a good player and this isn't really early on and there's some stigmas ast- attached mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes that growth and growth potential is definitely overlooked yeah and in terms of development and um and, and kids changing and this and that I, I've seen it it's yep. it's it's more power, more powerful in baseball than I think any other yeah. sport more yeah. so in the game of baseball because yes. what I think in the game of baseball there's more of than most other sports mm-hmm. is the late bloomer. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're saying. It's, it's the late bloomer. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I think baseball is that kind of sports. Yeah, you got to put in the years. Yeah, yeah. The, the, re- yeah. the reps and the work ethic beyond yeah. just athleticism. Yeah, you know it, that is more. I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. So I want to know as I'm I was sitting here listening to your dad and we're talking with you now. At what point did you realize what your dad had done? in his collegiate career and then going on and playing, you know, minor league ball, at what point did you, you hear about that? And what was the thought going through your mind? 
Uh, I knew at a young age he had played professional baseball, and it's funny, and I have two younger brothers, and they'll say the exact same thing. He never really actually taught us specific baseball stuff, truthfully. Hmm. Never anything. It, it didn't seem like it as kids. So it wasn't like we were going out in the backyard every day and like, okay, this is how you hold your hands, and this is how you do that. We literally went outside into the backyard, and he'd throw you balls, and he wouldn't really say anything. He'd say, oh, yeah, that's how you want to hit it. Maybe You know, short little things. But we just had fun. And I think a lot of the thing with the youth youth level, low, low level mm-hmm. youth, um, is they get burnt out at a younger age yeah. uh, because sometimes, yeah, dads can be pressuring mm-hmm. very, very hard on those. You got to get good to this level. We yeah. need you here. Or, you know. Even club programs and elite programs can wash kids out because mm-hmm. um, of the elite level. You know, at, at five, six years old, it just doesn't yeah. doesn't work out as yeah, much. Well. mentioned though, we did have a batting cage. But we did yeah. have a batting cage in the backyard. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask your dad this: Was it? Was it? Sometimes did you fight? I would ask your dad. Did you? Did you sometimes fight the impulse to? to no, having parented, you know, an athlete myself, my son fight the impulse to put a little more pressure on and just have to, yeah, have to step back. Sometimes I've caught myself a million definitely. times. Um, you know, it, there's a cost, uh, equation to this as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so having three boys, having to look at it all and wanting them all to enjoy the game the way I did. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, whether it, as a player or a fan, it really didn't matter to me. It's just the game of baseball. Right. Yeah. And, um, so in looking at it, yeah, there's plenty of times I had to fight back the urge. My wife kept me in really yeah. good check with that one. Yeah. She, you know, what did um, what did she say? Oh, she's just like you know, there are other things. You know, they could run across country. Or like, <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, but no, it's um, there was the there was the temptation. But um, and I told them, and they used to get mad at me. I used to say to them, I'd say, hey. Listen, even when you were at Treasure Valley, when you went over to Treasure Valley and uh, Matt now at Mountain Hood Community College and uh, Michael going off, my youngest going to Corbin and playing there right now, I, I say to him, honestly, you know, you don't, you're doing this because you want to do this. Yeah. You're not doing it for me. You, mm-hmm. It's got to be in you to, to want to do it. Yeah. So, and they, and, Thank God, they've all said yeah. You know, <laughs> you lucked out, huh? Yeah. yeah, you must be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baseball. yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, you exactly. probably were sitting in the stands watching all three kids and just big smile on your face. Probably ultra competitive, but just yeah. holding back. I'm sure yeah. your wife was like, "Become, yeah, become! Don't say anything. Sit back. Stop." Yeah, I uh, you know I've, I've coached at the collegiate level, so watching them in little league was pretty tough sometimes. It was like, yeah. and but you know, there's a lot of good people out there um, mm-hmm. putting the good foot forward for the game, and you just kind of have to remember that too. And everybody wants to try to put the hundred percent into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Or most of the coaches that I've met along the way, anybody that's coaching any kid anywhere along the way, is really genuinely just trying to do the right yeah. thing. You know, so anyway, yeah. So. Um- Easton, I want to go back to you for a few minutes here. Um, so you you played at Clackamas Community College for a while, and I did read that you ended up um, being a three-time recipient of the Gold Glove for the outfield. Yeah, so uh, two were awarded in the NWAC at Clackamas. Um, What's 
for for the listeners, what's the NWAC? Uh, NWAC is the Northwest uh, Association of Colleges. So it's okay. the it's the junior colleges though uh, okay. in the Northwest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Clackamas, Mount Hood, all that in this local area. Um, but so yeah, uh, I went there my first year of co- or my first year of college. I went to Treasure Valley. Okay. Um, and Treasure Valley was a phenomenal program. They develop athletes and baseball players very very well. That's part of why I chose it. So I went there. Treasure Valley developed me. At the end of the year, new coach. So I transferred to Clackamas. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Here I wind up at Clackamas. I had to find a place to play. So I'm at Clackamas, and um, basically I didn't start like the first 12 or 14 games of that first year that I was there, partially because I wasn't a recruited guy. That's what happens yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really had to work my way into that starting lineup, and I finally cracked the lineup. And after about that 12 or 14 game span of not playing that first year, I just never stopped playing baseball again after that. <laughs> do you cool. think so. Do you think that going that route um, helped you not just from a baseball standpoint, but from an individual standpoint in your growth and development as a human being moving upward? Definitely. Um, Treasure Valley put together, they had to four-year-like program. So they had a program that was really trying to gear you up to be a student athlete for your college career. And if, you know, icing on the cake is the pro ball at the end is what what my dad always said. Mm -hmm. So the icing on the cake at the end, but student athlete for the four years, you got it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having that type of sophisticated program like Treasure Valley implemented uh, helped me as a person. You know, it was shave every day. You had to have a, it was Yankees. Yeah, I was gonna you say know? Yankees. Yeah, it was yeah. No facial Yankee hair style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you shave in the morning before you walk out on that field, or sorry, you don't need to be here. Um, so it was a strict environment like that. And then I went to Clackamas, which was a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more let's play some JUCO baseball, which you know a lot of guys it's it's preference. Um, so that's what I went to, and I knew the Treasure Valley mode by that time. I knew how to. I knew how to have the program. So I had the program instilled in me, but yeah. none of the players around Easier me Easier to go that. Treasure Valley to, see, to Clackamas than to go to Clackamas totally. to Treasure Valley. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Yeah. And, and that was at the time. Now, d- no, make no mistake, those you know y- those colleges both probably are fine at this point. And Clackamas has done had better years, so they've done better in recent years. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, just the program made me a better ball player because it was five hours of baseball, you know, uh, and it's a – it's what we like to say in um, uh, baseball. You know, there's different styles of baseball. There's Dominican style. There, you know, Puerto Ricans have a different style than Dominicans. Yeah. Just like Central America plays different baseball, just like Japan. And so what yeah. I'm going to reference is Japan, when they're, when those kids train for baseball over there, a lot of their little baseball academies train more militarized, more uh, – it's hardcore baseball for eight hours a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of baseball they train. And that was more similar to what I got at Treasure Valley. Yeah. So, okay. Um, it, it became, it got me a little bit into a different style, mm-hmm. I guess. I've never had the opportunity personally to live the student athlete lifestyle. Can you just briefly explain what that was like for you in your experience? Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of the time it was for at least in the baseball world it was fall baseball um most of the time we didn't do too many morning workouts but we did uh you know go to school at 8 a.m have your classes done by 2 p.m by 2 30 or 3 you're basically out on the ball field and 
until sunset about six ish o'clock. Long you're, Yeah, you're gonna mm, yeah. be out there for four, three, four, five hours, and um, yeah, so uh, that that's what it was. And then once winter hit and you couldn't be out on the field anymore, it was morning workouts every mm-hmm. day. You know, you're going to get your meals afterwards, hitting class right after. Um, basically, you know, full two. You know, you're working two jobs. Basically, yeah. is what I would compare it to, and uh, it's a lot more fun than two jobs. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much through the school year, you're just uh, yeah training and going to yeah school training. Until, until the season starts exactly keeping you know keeping your grades up, doing the right thing to be a good student and a, a good athlete, student mm-hmm. athlete in turn. So, so you you're at Clackamas. What got you motivated to go to St. Gregory's? Um. Really, just getting the scholarship uh, offer that oh, they gave me, is. yeah. Because um, you know, student debt is a big thing right yeah. now. People talk about it in our country right now like crazy, and uh, um, student debt's a thing. But I didn't come out with as much, nearly as much student debt as most people because mm-hmm. of the avenue that I took. How yeah. did the How did the scholarship come about? Um, I think it came about through. Field level, I think, was okay. the uh, an app or whatever field level oh, okay. app um, was where the coach found me on. Okay, so hmm. we were using a, a sort of um, social media, baseball oh, okay. social media, to f- kind of find uh, college recruitment, and somehow that coach found me, and that's how he offered Very me. Very cool, yeah, excellent. So. And I was reading a little bit about you online, and you know, you didn't really take the easy route in college either. It's sad that you majored in psychology or behavioral health sciences in, in college, so you really didn't take an easy route. Uh, yeah, I kind of did a funky route. Uh, it was it kind of, you know, a lot of people changed their major and stuff, but uh, I ended up with be- behavioral sciences, social sciences was what my actual major is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went and I got that, and um, I, I was lucky enough to just get a scholarship to get through college, yeah. basically, yeah. and... Uh, I, I worked hard enough in JUCO and to get there. So yeah, no, yeah. I mean, kind of where you're at right now. That 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 sort of degree definitely plays a significant factor into you know where you're at and in yeah. your your help with development of yeah. youth as a whole too. Yeah, I definitely. Um, he knows uh, as much as anyone, Coach Bennett here, um, <laughs> that uh, you know um, I really like to speak to uh, you know specific athletes and like to reach out to them so mm-hmm. like we were talking about michael noyle this great athlete that's uh, playing for the vandals football now um he was tough athlete to reach sometimes and athletes can be tough to reach sometimes so we tried to reach him all year he tried to reach him i tried to reach him and i think that is one thing that you know a degree like social sciences or having you know the uniqueness of a player in mind you know, mm-hmm. we can really speak to that and be like, okay, yo, here we go. We can we can work with you. I can I can talk to you. I know what where yeah. we're coming yeah. from. And, you know, in talking to in talking with the Duns and, and um, Mr. G- uh, Mr. Gatto, this 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 shift in terms of that 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 these people these these baseball players they're individuals and each mm-hmm. each each kid each young adult has their own individual motivation which is really unheard of in the 70s and even into the 80s you know there's this generic style one size fits all um uh you, you don't want to have any quote unquote preferential treatment um but really that that has changed you're kind of on the forefront of that as 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 a future coach and being involved in in uh in in the uh nonprofit where it's it's 
there's there's individuals are individuals and understanding their levels of motivation and how they're motivated and and what their i guess uh what what their psychological needs are um that baseball has hasn't had that traditionally and so that that's kind of cool that's that's a bent that's a theme that we've heard yeah uh, that's a theme that we've heard several times so it's interesting you're you're tying that in and the fact that you're you're using your college education, you're yeah. using your degree and applying it, it's pretty cool. But that that seems like coaching in general, and especially with baseball, that's where it's heading in the next few decades. Yeah, and I, I actually want to add add something onto that too, David, because I think what you're you're not only bringing up the fact of this, this other aspect of psychology, but you, you know you're bringing up the aspect of what you don't see in a lot of people, which is yeah, you you're you're blessed with being able to go to school and, and having that paid for and, and getting a lot of great people, your father and other individuals that you're teaching these, but you're, you're now in turn giving back, which, which you don't see a lot of that in society today of, of, of people who, who do get, you know, stuff, maybe not a lot, but they get something. And there's a lot of people that devote a lot of time and effort. And again, he brings up the Jerry Gattos of the world. He brings up the Jack Dunn's, the John Dunn's, you know, all these other people that we've, you know, we had the privilege of interviewing and now the two of you. And it's like, we see this, this is a trend of the people that we've interviewed, the giving back, you know, to me. And, you know, to me, it's like, I I give back because, uh, you know, personally, I've, I've gotten a lot you know, so much in in my lifetime from my early childhood. And then, you know, after getting hurt, coming back from Afghanistan and having people help me out. And so it's like, I've done whatever I can do to give back. And then I'm hopefully showing my children that mentality of giving back to society and then helping out. So I commend the two of you for, you know, what you're doing and, and especially you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate that. Can I say something to that? So, I mean, uh, and the fact that you're mentioning Gatto and Don, I got to tell you, um, I came up out of San Diego and I didn't know a lot of people in the Portland area in 1988 and really got to, it took me a long time to get into the baseball coaching ranks and to really meet some people around here. Mm -hmm. And those two guys, um, you're right. I mean, and Dave Gasser's another one. Yeah. Um, those guys are real genuine guys and they care about individuals. And, and you hear that we hear that a lot in the coaching conference. We just went to the ABCA, uh, American Baseball Coaches Convention in Dallas. And you hear a lot of this now, what you're just talking about there in terms of caring for the individual. That's how you build your championship program. Your champions, anyway, you look at it, right? But, uh, you, you care for the individual and, and mm-hmm. you give, and, and giving back, giving back that time, that blessing that's been given to you, giving it back to kids and just letting them have it. Because most of us aren't going on. I mean, if you're lucky, you get to a couple of years uh, playing pro ball. I mean, if you're really, 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 really lucky, you get to go to college yeah. and, you get to, and you get college paid for it. But, you know, for a lot of guys, it's the end of the road at the end of high school or maybe two years of JUCO, junior college. And in that time, we got to grow young men of character. Right. Mm-hmm. We got to we, we got to grow people who are going to carry on and, and carry on the reputation of baseball like we're sitting here and having our conversation or um, whether they go out and be teachers or coaches or whatever they do. I mean, we, yeah. you know, we got to grow those young men of character. Yeah. Yeah. That's a culture shift. I, I've seen it in, in coaching youth sports and high school sports and especially in baseball in the last really in the last 15 to 20 years. It's there's definitely been a, an understanding and a shift there. It's kind of cool. And ba- and baseball is a great avenue for us to be able to teach that, you know. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's so much failure involved, right? A yeah. game of failure. Exactly. There it is. Yeah. There is, but but the thing about 
failure. Failure is not a bad thing at all. Failure is a, a good thing, and it's about how you can pick yourself back up after that failure, what you can learn and what you can take away from that, I think is the most important thing. You know, you don't try, just try again, you know, and you know, you're maybe, maybe you're not going to get to that ultimate level, but you know, you could have an impact on somebody else's life along the way that, you know, maybe they get to that level at some point, but they're going to remember where they came from. Baseball's a baseball is kind of the antidote to the, the instant gratification culture, uh, cultural aspects that we, you, you see it with your age group and, and you've seen it, um, Eric. So yeah, this, this obsession with instant gratification, baseball is the cure for that with, with its, with its failure. You know, it really is. Yeah. yeah that's so true. Yeah. Andrew. So you ch- chime in a little bit on this. I yeah, mean, sure. you, um, what do you, what do you think about like this development giving back, you know, what's your take on that? Oh, it's, it's definitely the, the right way to go nowadays. Uh, the culture shift is, uh, you, you have to develop the individual, uh, so the kids, kids growing up, they, they need to become a better person, uh, kind of a more attention, uh, a better, a better player in general. Yeah, and, and just just integrate to the, in society as well as mm. play the game as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's just a win win when uh, that happens. Yeah, little some life lessons, huh? Yeah, yeah. life lessons exactly. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, um, you know, I just want to say thank you to the two of you for for taking some time to to speak with us a little bit about you know your individual backgrounds you know we're, we'll be coming up in the next episode we'll be talking more about what you're you're currently focusing on what you're currently doing but um we here with the diamonds and rose podcast david and i want to focus on we want to get to know you better as individuals we want the, our listeners to know more about you as individuals because like you know, Andrew, again, he, you know, he listens to the show and, and I'm hoping that, you know, by getting a better background of, of, you know, uh, the people that we have on that, you know, you, you can relate to them in some way, shape or form, but be like, man, I, I just didn't know that. Or, you know, especially like not having to have the time to go out and do like the research and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel connection with the, the folks you interview. It's like, I love the stories. I, I you just get to, you kind of feel like you, you, you get to know them and kind of understand where they come from. So just kind of understand just the culture mm-hmm. of baseball and just how that is. And just yeah. locally. Very cool. Yeah, yeah it's very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, well, Andrew, I'm actually going to, you know, leave it to you for maybe like the last question before we have these two gentlemen kind of, you know, fill in anything. Um, is there anything that you want to know personally about them as like, you know, as younger individuals, their professional careers or something like that? Uh. I'm throwing you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so playing the game, I, like I played Little League, I played a little bit of Babe Ruth. So when you get to the next level, uh, how does it compare to when you play uh, like at a younger like youth league? Like what's the experience like as like a, like a grown-up? Like, I'll let you go on that one. Okay. Um, I think the experience, uh, the experience changed for me in a in a funny way. Um, at the younger levels, it was more about, you know, it was a little bit clicky kind of uh-huh. because the best players hang out with the best players and hit That's in true. the same yeah. right next to each other and do all the uh-huh. same things. And so it, it's tough at the younger levels sometimes. But the coolest part about the younger levels uh-huh. is 
It's a heck of a lot of fun. It's a heck of a lot of fun. You get donuts after games, cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. Snack shack. You know, that all ends. Boat race. Basically, <laughs> boat race. Yeah, best ever. Yeah. We all know that is. Yeah. Ethan's but, like, I got my snack pack now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> but what my dad, what what my dad did sell me on that got me really motivated. I mean, it was part of my motivation to go to college. Uh-huh. Was he started talking about this brotherhood. And I was like, what is this brotherhood all about? Like, I really wanted to know. I was curious. Because he just said, once you keep going, it's just the brotherhood gets better and better, basically. And it became, and it's the same thing that we have with the baseball family, like we're sitting around this table tonight. Uh It totally is. And just like the people listening to the podcast, it's all a huge family. It's really cool. And I'd say the only difference you get when you're playing that is every single day you're walking out onto a baseball field to play the greatest sport in the universe. And you get to go dive in the dirt. You get to go dive in the grass. You get to go hit baseballs. Get dirty. Get, have some fun. Yeah. And at the, end of the, at the end of the year, at the end of the baseball season, you have this new brotherhood that is so yeah. well surpassed any other friend group. It passes. The baseball family surpasses any other friend group. And I think that's what college baseball, because I just, you know, high school provided a little bit that brotherhood. Uh But once I got to college, that's what I really noticed was college baseball provided me. Those dudes were brothers. And it was a very good brotherhood that we developed. And I know a lot of other. Uh, colleges do that uh-huh. around the country. It's a huge brotherhood. And, and I think I can kind of speak to that because having been in the military, it's totally. you're looking at it is, is that these gentlemen that I'm with or ladies, whatever, if you're softball, whatever yeah. else you're in, it's like they share the same experience as me. No one will el- no one else will share that same experience in that moment. You got mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. So Good question. I actually yeah, I really, really like good question. question. So appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um, see, that's why we that's why we had our listeners yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. putting me out of a job. Yeah. Is what he's Dave, I'm out. Dave, you're out, man. So, well, um, thank you. I appreciate you yeah. sharing uh, your stories with us. Uh, it's been it's been fun on this episode learning more about the two of you. Um, so, with that said, I'm Ben. I'm Dave. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And Easton. And uh, thank you for listening. And you have a wonderful day or night, wherever you're at. Thanks, all. Peace out.